yes. Uh, I grew up in Japan. This is, and I always love to talk about uh, my kokobu, my, my old country. Um, now, I, w I was not raised a Catholic. My parents were Protestant missionaries. And so a lot of this I have come to with adult eyes, looking at, at, at things that I had not even been exposed to uh, growing up. There's a lot of the history of Japan and, and so forth I had. Um, uh, it was really only in my senior year in high school that I first uh, uh, started reading the novels of Shuzaku Endo, if you've ever heard of him, a Japanese Catholic novelist. Uh, he's been widely translated into English and is definitely worth uh, reading. Um, and he wrote, among other things, uh, uh, about uh, the Japanese martyrs, which featured very prominently in his own uh, life as a, as, a, as a Catholic in Japan. So, uh, the picture that I have there is a contemporary picture of the first 26 uh, martyrs uh, who uh, died. And a lot of them you can see are in religious habits. Uh, some of them have been uh, beheaded and their heads are being placed on spikes here. Some of them were crucified, but we'll talk about, uh, about the, the martyrs. But first, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, a little bit of, by way of background, what traditional religion in Japan looks like. Okay, because it's in the context of Japanese religion, which is also intimately, of course, connected with culture, uh, with the Japanese culture, um, how, uh, how, uh, how the Christian faith then finds itself in tension in relation with all of that. The native Japanese religion, the religion that grew up with the people, okay, is called Shinto which literally means the, the way of the gods or the divine way. Um, and Shinto is a, is a paganism. It's, it's, a, it's a, 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 a religion of many gods. They talk about eight million gods, which is really a, a way of saying a bazillion. I mean, there's, just, there's, an in, there's, there's an indefinite number of kami. And a lot of them are very local. So there is a kami in this particular large tree, or this mountain, or this spring, or, or you know, a, a, a river, and so forth. A lot like human religions the world over, human paganisms the world over, like the Greeks, you know, would have, every tree would have had its dryad, every river would have had its naiad, right? And so the same, the same thing with Japanese, with the Shinto notion. But then there are also the higher gods, you know, but like, like the Greeks had the Olympians, you know, the, 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 big, the big ones. Um, and so Shinto has those as well. But it has this, this kind of uh, tension, uh, like as with the, the uh, with uh, Greco-Roman uh, paganism that's in our cultural background, of the 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 the, the genius loci, or for you classicists out there, I suppose you'd say the genius loci, um, <laughs> the 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 uh, the god of the particular place, right? And, uh, and so Shin the Shinto shrines are throughout the country, small little places tucked off in the little corners with you know, this huge thousand-year-old camphor uh, tree it has its kami, you know, and, and so forth. And, and there are all the, the myths and legends that, that come along with that. There's a really close connection to the emperor and the imperial family in Shinto. 
Um, and this really uh, is, again, because Shinto is the religion that grew up with the whole, the people of Japan. Um, the emperor, uh, Japan has had one dynasty, one dynasty. According to tradition, uh, the first emperor was Emperor Jimmu, who began his reign in 660 BC. Now, he's not necessarily a historical figure, and when you realize, when you think, oh, and he's the great-great-great-grandson of Amaterasu Omikami, the sun goddess, uh, then you begin to wonder if this is, you know, sort of a long, long ago and far away in a land east of the sun and west of the moon. But, certainly, the dynasty, the Yamato dynasty, has been on the throne of Japan for a very long time. We certainly know them historically from the third, fourth century and on. So whether it really is 660 BC, so it's you know 2,700 years, or whether it's 1,700 years, it's still a very, very long time that this dynasty has been in place. Um, and uh, uh, the current emperor is, according to the, the uh, traditional numbering, number 125 in this line. The, Shinto, the, the, the emperor is the highest priest of Shinto. So he has a very much a religious and cultural role. And the imperial family is very much connected to that. And some of the major, ma major shrines are connected with things that are, you know, the major treasures are connected with the imperial family. I mean, there is this a sword that is never seen, but it, it is supposedly Jimmu's sword, you know, the first emperor's sword. I mean, it is, these things are, are ancient, ancient things. Um, so anyway, Shinto is connected very closely to the imperial family. Another religion comes in, in the 6th century, Buddhism. Now, Buddhism is a foreign import. So it was always interesting, my, my parents as Protestant missionaries, I, I, I became a, a Catholic as an adult, um, you know, would, would say, my, my dad, I remember he always say, uh, it's, it's funny because I'm talking to people and they're saying, well, Christianity, that's a foreign religion. Yeah, well, so is Buddhism. I mean, it really, it is a foreign religion. And it come, it's introduced in, uh, into Japan uh, from China uh, by way of Korea. Um, and if you know anything about Buddhism, Buddhism, of course, arises, it rose in India with, uh, with Siddhartha Gautama, the Buddha. And then it spread from there, but largely died out in India. There really are not many Buddhists in India. But Buddhism that spread southward and eastward, or Thailand and, and uh, Burma and, and Sri Lanka is of a particular sort called Theravada Buddhism. And the Buddhism that moves north into Tibet, China, Korea, and then into Japan is something more that they call Mahayana Buddhism. And, and, and it's a different, there are a number of different sects is what I'm trying to, trying to get at. Buddhism and Shinto, if we're thinking about it from a Western intellectual kind of standpoint, are mutually incompatible. Shinto is an animist pagan religion with eight million gods. Buddhism, the ultimate reality, is nothingness. Uh, all existence is suffering. All existence is caused by, and suffering is caused by desire, and you go through the Four Noble Truths of, of the Buddha, and so they're really incompatible. 
from an intellectual standpoint. And so there really is kind of a, an uneasy tension in Japanese culture between these two. Well, I, perhaps I should say in a thoroughly Japanese way, there is an easy tension between the two because the Japanese people, if you ask them, are you Buddhist or Shinto, they'll say yes. <laughs> um, and what they mean by that is that they will have a Shinto wedding and a Buddhist funeral. And, and in between the two, um, they uh, will go to rituals if they see fit. You know, uh, certainly you know, on New Year's Day at Oshogatsu, they'll go down to the Shinto uh, shrine. Um, they'll celebrate Obon, which is a Buddhist festival in August. They don't see necessarily a conflict. Japan is a very secular country today. Um, very few people would really even identify themselves as being particularly religious. You know, if your family is one of those Shinto temple, you know, priesthood, hereditary priesthood kind of families, yeah, okay, then you're going to be doing that sort of thing. But you know, it's that's kind of your thing, and it's a little weird. But uh, and then similarly with with Buddhists, you know, people who go and join the monasteries and so forth, that's a little strange, you know, but. Yeah, you know, they're glad they do them, and people go to visit the, the, uh, the temples, and the temples are, are kept up. Um, at different points in, in history, uh, Buddhism and Shinto have risen to prominence. Uh, Shinto, when the, in, in, the imperial cult has been strong, so certainly in the lead-up to World War II, uh, from the 1860s on to 1945, Shinto and state Shinto was really strong, and Buddhism was kind of downplayed. During other periods in Japanese history, Buddhism has been the ascendancy, but always the emperor has been there. How does a dynasty last, incidentally, for 1,700 or 2,700 years? You'd think that a lot of people want a piece of that action. <laughs> They survive by being largely politically unimportant. The emperor is a religious and revered figure. He is the sen he is the uh, the symbol of the Japanese people. The Japanese constitution says now, and he is with with very few exceptions in Japan's long history. The emperor has had no political power, and in a thoroughly Japanese way, when Emperor Godaigo tried to seize direct power, uh, the shogun uh, put him down by raising armies in the emperor's name. Um, <laughs> so uh, anyway, so, but, 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 the, but he's still, the, the imperial family is still very revered and very much a part of the, of the culture. All right, so uh, if we have time and in questions, I'd love to talk about some of the principal sects of Japanese Buddhism because some of them are really remarkable. I mean, the thing that I love about Japanese religion and, and generally, you know, the, the early church fathers would see paganism as preparation for the gospel. And that there's, and, and it shouldn't be surprising. Uh, Paul VI, in his uh, apostolic exhortation, Evangelii Nunciandi, talks about human religions as you know reaching out toward God. So we shouldn't be surprised to see these great gems in every human religion. Okay, 
even you know, and, and, and St. Paul talks in, in Romans one about about uh, uh, the, the law of God written on our hearts, what the theologians have called the general revelation. So even it's remarkable in a particular sect of Japanese Buddhism called Jodo Shinshu how remarkably close you can get to a doctrine of salvation by grace through faith within the context of Buddhism. Uh, a monk named Shinran came to that. So anyway, um, and then and in Shinto, because it's got that that connection to the place, the sacred place, you know, uh, and so forth. Uh, I've always seen Shinto as you know, oh, this should be Catholic. <laughs> It'd be so perfectly Catholic. Let me give you an example. Let me show you a, an example of what a standard a Shinto shrine generally looks like. Okay, very much a nature shrine, right? It's open air. But you can see there's, a, there's, there's always a torii, that gate down there, and then you go up the steps, and then there's uh, where number four is, is a fountain to cleanse hands and, and face. Isn't that kind of, wouldn't that work in a church? Um, and, then, and then you go in, you've got the administrative buildings and stuff, not the sacristy <laughs> on the sides, you know? And then you, and then you go in, you've got the notice board where all the prayers you know, are put up, um, uh, wooden plaques with prayers and wishes, you know, uh, the number eight there. And then there's a gathering, the, the, uh, you know, the uh, oratory you know, where the people would be. And then inside the gate is the actual shrine where you've got the, the the, the kami, the, the, uh, the, the divine image in there. Uh, gosh, you could build a church like that. It would be so perfectly, uh, it, would, it would fit and enculturate so well. Why didn't it? Well, that's what we're going to talk about next.